dream last night. A vision. I saw a world full of people. Everybody was dancing and screaming loud. They were just there to listen to the music. It was deep. It was underground. Let's turn the world into a dance floor. This is a State of Trance podcast. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to the special edition of the State of Trance podcast. And in this podcast, I want to tell you all about my brand new artist album called State of Trance Forever to celebrate episode 1000 of my uh, weekly radio show. We also, uh, of course, released a special mix, a uh, two-hour mix with all the classics, year mix style. Uh, but I also wanted to do something special. Um, I've always dreamed of doing collaborations with some of my biggest friends in the trance music industry. And COVID uh, gave me a perfect excuse to sit in the studio and work remotely and in the studio together uh, with some of my uh, biggest friends. So uh, on the album are actually 12 tracks, 11 tracks are collaborations, uh, all made uh, during the uh, COVID uh, lockdown, Corona. And uh, I thought this was a great way to, um, to actually put my time in good use uh, during Corona and a good way to finally make all those uh, collaborations come true because... As, you know, backstage when we hang out at State of Trance parties, uh, we always think and say to each other, hey man, let's do a track. And it never <laughs> actually happens. I'm in the studio with Ruben. How are you, Ruben? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm uh, super excited about this album as well. I've seen it coming together in the last couple of, well, I, I should say nine months, even more, I think. Yeah. And uh, and finally it's out and it's such a beautiful product. So um, yeah, I'm excited to hear the stories behind um, all these tracks. And we're going to call a couple of people as well. Yep. about the story so um yeah let's take it away let's uh, tell you a little bit about all the 12 tracks that are uh, on the album uh, and uh, let's start by saying that this album was made as a thank you uh, to all the fans um it is uh, also an, a way for me to go back to my roots uh, roots as a producer roots as a dj and uh, how it started the radio show started on june 1st uh, 2001 in a very small uh, studio somewhere else here in amsterdam and now we have this beautiful spaceship that we broadcast the State of Trans radio show from every week. And it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure doing the radio show with Ruben every week. And it was also uh, um, great to be here together with Ruben uh, to do uh, this radio show during lockdown. Because mm-hmm. this was, uh, you know, we were the safe. Only, the only human interaction that we had basically besides our families at yeah, home. Yeah. And I could really dive into my gear, my old analog gear. Um, I will explain later some of the tracks. I actually used some of my old synthesizers that I dusted off. I still have them in the attic. I don't throw anything away. <laughs> I still have all my vinyl and all my gear from back in the day with, uh, when I made you know, Blue Fear and Communication and all that. Um, so here we go. Uh, let's start off with uh, the track I just played you a little snippet from. Uh, Turn the World into a Dance Floor. It's the official theme for episode 1000. 
which was supposed to happen, of course, uh, when we uh, broadcasted episode 1000. But due to obvious reasons, the party still hasn't happened because it was also supposed to happen in the weekend I released the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the Dutch government decided that those big events were not allowed. So we had to postpone the State of Thrones 1000 again. <laughs> But we will celebrate, and I'm happy to tell you that in February 2022, we will be in the Yarburs with the show that we've already planned more than a year ago uh, to celebrate 1,000 uh, shows with a special mix on the Friday. I'm uh, playing more of a classics mix, and on the Saturday, of course, looking forward. Um, but first, the yeah, um, the yeah. anthem. Yeah, and I would love to hear from you. How do you approach making an anthem like this? Um, well, and making an anthem is something that's pretty um, difficult because, you know, the bar is high. You know, a lot of people expect big things from an anthem. Um, so I did this one with Benno, my studio partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I work with most of my songs with Benno de Groei, who's also half of rank one. We'll have him on the phone later. Uh, and Benno and I, we work, um, I think, three or four days a week. We sit together in the studio. We create a lot of melodies and sometimes we uh, we randomly sit. We have two uh, studio setups. He has his and I have mine, which are identical. <clears throat> and we just, sometimes we we go into that creative mode where we don't speak, mm-hmm. but we just play melodies. And I think during one of these rants, the initial idea for Turn the World into a Dance Floor came. And uh, we kind of know the formula a little bit, but I really knew that, okay, if I want to make a track that is the anthem for episode 1000 it's got to be really special so there's all there's so much love and time that went into this specific track um i think we easily worked on this track for about a month you know polishing all the little melodies and details in the track and i think it's it's definitely my favorite anthem although we had incredible anthems uh throughout uh, the years Mm -hmm. um even some of my colleagues sometimes i was too busy touring and working on other songs that I couldn't do the anthem myself. Uh, one that springs to mind, of course, is the Jorn van Dijnhoven anthem, yeah. New, New Horizons. New Horizons. Yeah. And um, uh, Ben Gold did also did an amazing anthem. Uh, and it's always like, it's anthemic. You know, it's, it's the euphoria feeling that you want to translate into a song, you know, that you can play also when you're not at a State of Trans event, but really has to work in the main stage set that I play. But it's not only for the sets, it's also for intros and stuff like that. You need to, are you thinking about that already in the process of making that tune that you have to create a certain jingles out of it or intros for DJ sets that you put Jack's voice on it? Do you already yep. hear that when you make a tune like this? Well, if you have enough melodic content that you put into the anthem, uh, then you can have all these sections in the song that you can uh, sort of take out and use small bits of it uh, for the intros that we have for the DJs and for the radio show. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely think of that. There needs to be something really anthemic, something instantly recognizable and something that gives, you know, the sound for the radio show also that entire year and for all the tours that we do. Because basically the Turn the World, normally when COVID wasn't happening, uh, uh, the Turn the World into a Dance Floor episode 1000 would have been the kickoff in the Yarbers. And mm-hmm. then... Uh, we would have planned a massive world tour for two months, nonstop, every week. We would have, you know, yeah. traveled across big locations around the world and celebrate uh, episode 1000. But that didn't happen. It still will happen, but I guess more, um, in, yeah, not the ideal plan that we had in the mind. But we still will go to all the uh, locations that uh, that we initially planned, for sure. One more question about this track. You mentioned it, that you go into jam session together with Benno, that you already know when you created that it's going to be an anthem. Does that mean that you have like a special folder on the sides with yeah. melodies for the future already for other anthems? Oh, yeah, or? yeah, yeah. We carefully 
uh, we linked our, our DAWs and uh, we have um, a very strict way of working. So if we make something, yeah, something, <laughs> no, it's not about OCD. It's well, yeah, definitely. But <laughs> it's, it's, it's not uh, OCD. It's more like if you have an idea, it's easily not to save it because you think, oh, this is not good enough or, and, and that way it kills your ideas. And when I'm in the studio, I'm usually an idea machine. I put so many ideas down during a day and I save everything. So on my hard drive right now, Version I don't know. Five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, there's just yeah. random piano melodies, but save everything, you know, back it up and everything. Because you always will end up using an idea. I'm sure that in Turn the World into a Dance Floor, there must be a sound that came up during, mm -hmm. you know, uh, that we were just fiddling around with, with loops and everything. And then, oh, this is a great sound. Let's save it. You won't use it then, but you will use it as an ingredient into your uh, original production. Mm -hmm. For okay. sure. So, in this podcast, uh, I'm telling you all about my new album, State of Trance Forever. Um, let's uh, start uh, this album with my collaboration with Mar Levy, who's a good friend of mine. Um, we came up uh, with this idea for Divino. He sent me uh, several ideas when I asked him if he was up for collaborating. He's been a good friend for a long time. I really admire him as a producer. And, you know, we always said, let's do something together. So... And he was very eager, you know, he sent me stuff instantly, like a big folder. And uh, one of the ideas uh, was just a sample that he sent me, uh, a vocal snippet that I absolutely love. Um, so here's a little snippet of the track, track number two from the State of Trans Forever album. <laughs> So happy with that one. Uh, and here's what Maurer had to say about it. The inspiration for Divino came from old school progressive trance uh, that I used to listen to as a kid starting this whole journey of music. And uh, I felt like, you know, I really missed that sound. I feel like it's missing these days. What if uh, we bring it back? And that's how Divino was born. I sent Armin a bunch of ideas and he really liked the idea for Divino. And it was really easy to work on it together because, you know, once I sent him the stems for that idea, he put his touch on it and then we just went back and forth. And I think we finished the track in like a week. It was really fast and we were both very, very inspired. I think it just came out so good. It was such a fun experience, um, you know, to work with Armin and see his thought process against mine. And it was just... An incredible experience. The state of trance to me is a, a sweet, sweet memory because I remember I used to send Armin my tracks on a CD, hoping he will check them and maybe play them on the show. And when he did, it was the biggest excitement ever because it was really, really hard to get on the show back in the day. So the excitement was always like, if Armin's going to play my record tonight, it's something that will always be in my heart forever because I grew up with the show, with the episodes going by. And yeah, I'll cherish it forever. Oh, thank you, Maur. Uh, you know, the honor is all mine. He's an amazing producer and uh, such a nice guy as well. And uh, it's one of the collaborations that actually worked out. Um, uh, I have to be honest with you. There were several more collaborations in the works. Not all of them made the album. That was because I wanted to make the deadline uh, for the actual party that was supposed to take place on the 3rd and 4th of September. 
Uh, so there's more collaborations actually beside this album, and I will release them in on a later date. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm focusing on the tracks that actually did get released. Mar was very eager to <laughs> to make it happen. And, so this uh, is one of the first ones that got finished, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, one of the first ones that got finished, including the one with Giuseppe Ottaviani. Uh, I, I I came up with the the, the title. Uh, was really fun on working with uh, with Mar on the melody, and uh, you know the vocal snippet was his idea. And um, yeah, there was a lot of going back and forth, and I really wanted to go back to that. Era of 2004. Air for Life. Yeah, Air for Life. uh, You know, the Andy Morse find. That kind of baseline driven trance. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody still calls 99, 2000, 2001 the golden age of trance, which I agree with. There's some, you know, beautiful timeless tracks made and those tracks get remixed and remixed all the time. And after that, there was sort of a progressive area mm-hmm. and it seemed like uh, the initial love for Tron's got lost and some, some artists took another direction. Um, I, I came out with um, the slower BPMs, uh, which were very big at the time, uh, you know, like with the tracks that you just mentioned. And I, I miss those, those raw, uh, distorted bass lines that, that we used for, uh, for this track called Divino. And I'm super happy it did, uh, it did really well. And why is it called Divino? Uh, it was actually uh, the second track finished after the one with Giuseppe Ottaviani and they came up with the title Magico. So yeah. I thought Magico or, you know, something magic because it felt like a magical melody. And it just came up like, boom, Divino. Because, you know, the vocal, the the chopped vocal sample that Mara sent me was um, very divine. You know, it's, mm-hmm. like, it's like the angels talking. So that's why Divino. Okay. Podcasting for A State of Trance. I just played you track number three on the State of Trance Forever album. And for track number three, I have on the phone, Sander Van Dorn. Sander, what's up? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, very good, very good. It's good to have you on the phone. Uh, so let's yeah. chat a little bit about our collaboration, Johnson's Play. First of all, I'm so happy we actually made it work. Because I remember, <laughs> yeah. I, I remember we spoke. <laughs> I remember we spoke uh, so many times about doing a track together. But then you were busy, yeah. I was busy, and I think uh, COVID uh, gave us uh, an excuse to finally dive into the studio together. Um, exactly. Yeah. So, can you tell your side of uh, Johnson's play? Uh, yeah. Well, you know, for me, it kind of started with uh, doing a remix uh, for for you and and above and beyond uh, the Show Me Love track. And, um, you know, I think with that as well, uh, we kind of initiated uh, the whole collaboration after that quite quickly as well. Uh, so uh, I was already working on, on uh, a setup, uh, um, well, which wasn't finished uh, just, just quite yet. And, um, yeah, I sent, I sent you the track over and, uh, yeah, you loved it. So uh, you finished it uh, in the end. I was super happy because I, I uh, did something melodic in the breakdown. Now, I know you normally don't do you know, those euphoric breakdowns. So I remember that, you know, um, when I wrote the breakdown, I sent it to you. I was really nervous. Like, he's, <laughs> he's never going to like this. I yeah, mean, I know it's always a little bit dark and, and then you're yeah, on the I, other I side. I know you always go like, you like melodies. I know that from your Purple Haze alias as well. And you, you play that yeah. a lot. But, uh, yeah. you know, to, to, to do like a melodic drop 
uh, for yeah. Johnson's play. It was new for you, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was quite new, actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and originally, um, usually when, when I work with melodies, they're, they're quite moody. And also, uh, usually they're quite quick. So when I move towards the drop, uh, it, it usually drops with something else, a, a little bit more fierce. So uh, this was a more musical drop, a more melodic drop. And, and to be honest, I absolutely loved it. Yeah, me too. I mean, is this something that you want to do more as Sander van Dorn? Or is it, was this just uh, because you have a memory with the state of trance as well? Oh, absolutely. Um, well, um, I'm actually working on a few tracks right now, and a few of, uh, of those also have a more melodic drop. So, uh, yeah, you can, you kind of uh, <laughs> lit the fire there. <laughs> hey, guys, what's the story behind the title? Who, who came up with it, and how did you decide that this this was going to be it? This was Sanders. Uh, yeah, Sander, what's the story behind Johnson's play? Um, you know, I was, I was kind of looking for for a title uh, which kind of connected to the track, and, and the track was... Uh, kind of like fierce in, in, um, in the start of the track, and then it becomes more melodic and positive, and it kind of you know remembers me of of like a play, um, like a musical kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started searching on the internet, and I came uh, on the name Ben Ben Johnson, and he used to be a, a poetry writer and, and a play writer. So I was like, yeah, that's, it sounds quite quite cool. It uh, has different moods in the track, so you know why not call it like Johnson's play. Yeah. Oh, cool. I didn't even know that. <laughs> I just thought that's a cool title. Let's yeah. just keep it. You know, normally I'm the yeah. one that comes up with the titles, but in this case, I was just like, that's a brilliant title. It's very unique. Yeah. yeah it sounds like you cool, want to, cool. you want to know more when you hear that title, yeah. you know? Uh, yeah. 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 It's, 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 it's all about, you know, the mood in the track, you know, compared to it with like a mood in, in a musical or yeah, like, like a play or anything. Yeah. So um, you've been part of the history of a state of trance as well. Um, I've played a lot of your productions throughout the years. Uh, you know, one of them that springs to mind, of course, well, many of your tracks, but also your fantastic remix of my track "Control Freak" that you did back in the day. Oh yeah. What is yeah, your yeah, what is your <laughs> what is your favorite? Do you have a state of trance memory? Is there a gig or or a record or a moment on the show that you remember that that was important to you? Ah well, definitely. Uh, that's that's playing the the, the ASO stage over at Ultra Festival. Oh yeah. I don't know right. which which yeah yeah which year it was, but it was uh, with Mayeni uh, live on stage uh, singing on on the track uh, "Nothing Inside." I mean, that for me was 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 absolutely amazing. I mean, the the whole atmosphere, the whole crowd uh, that day was 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 off off the Richter skills. So <laughs> yeah, that, that was for me definitely uh, my 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 top moment. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for uh, for joining us on this uh, on this special podcast. I'm um, looking forward to yeah, see you yeah. again soon and uh, yeah, all the best, man. Cool, man. You too. Cheers. Thanks. The fourth track on the album, A State of Trance Forever, is a collaboration with uh, my good friend uh, and half of rank one, Benno de Groei. What's up, Benno? Hey, how are you, man? I'm good. The greater light to rule the night. That's what we have to talk about. First, I have to say something for the podcast listeners. Uh, Benno has been uh, behind uh, most of the Army Van Buren productions you heard over the last 10 years. Uh, We click in the studio very much and we've been working together for a, a very, very long time. 
Uh, in this case, I asked Benno to really join me as uh, rank one. Uh, our, our previous collaboration is from 2006, if I'm yeah, correct. Yeah, I think so, yeah. This World is Watching Me, which actually became a massive hit globally and also was in the Dutch top 40, which was something we didn't expect, but was, of course, a great, mm-hmm. uh, great surprise. And after all these years, we never actually done a collaboration, uh, even though I worked with Benno uh, for so many times over the years. So it was very easy to ask Benno to do a collaboration with him because he was in the studio anyway. <laughs> hey guys, why did, why did it take so long actually to make something official like this? Like an official follow-up yeah, to, to This World Is Watching Me? That's a good question, isn't it? I mean, okay. well, things, things happen along, uh, along the road, right? But we, we've been doing so much uh, in those, what is it, 10, 15 years? I, I, I stopped counting, but... Um, also for, for, for rank one, well, we had a, a sort of a, a, a well, uh, a pause, so to say. Um, and, uh, well, in this case, it was really, uh, a, a suitable occasion to do a call up, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, I think it, it all started with, um, with grabbing the uh, JP8000 from the attic. Remember? Yeah. 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 Well, you know, we have, uh, the, the, the thing we, we have with hardware since it's, it's, it's uh, we started with hardware since, right? I mean, and the sound of the 8080, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And actually, that, this is why the track started to sound like this. It, it sounded like, like the good old days, so to say, right? Well, a funny little fact about The Greater Light to Rule the Night is that the riff is actually coming from the original uh, JP8000 synthesizer. Well, the, the REC version, which is the JP8080. And that synthesizer, which is from Roland... It was actually, I think you could say, one of the reasons that we have the golden age of trance. I mean, Ferry made Out of the Blue with the JP-8000. Uh, did you make uh, Airwave with the JP-8000 or not? Yeah, sure we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Super it was string. all uh, Roland all over. <laughs> and was it was our favorite uh, device. I mean, uh, I remember when I, um, I actually visited uh, Ferry's studio when he just made Out of the Blue... And he he was saying, yeah, yeah, I got this keyboard and it, it sounds really nice. And I was like, whoa, man, it's unbelievable. <laughs> so I had I had to buy one too. And well, we we were hooked up ever since. Did you uh, did you yeah, make uh, the riff of Superstring with the JP eighty eight thousand as well, or was that the the that, Nordlead? That's 80, well, actually, almost everything that we we did is uh, the eighty eighty or the JP eight thousand because uh, they're they're quite alike. But uh, for us, they, they, they had this instant magic thing and there's this, uh, well, effect section which, which also adds to the magic. I mean, it, it, it's technical, but it's, uh, if, 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 you, if you see it like um, from an emotional perspective, it adds something to, to that trance layer, that emotional feeling that, that's really what, what touches our trance mind, so to say. Is this the, the, the major difference between an Armin van Buren production and this collaboration or a Gaia, for example? The use of the hardware? Uh, well, what links well, what links Benno and I is, of course, I think, is the the, the fact that we started at about the same time. Benno was a little earlier, I think, than than I was, but we we both uh, had hits in ninety nine two thousand. You know, uh, Benno had Airwave and I had Communication, and and we we started working together closely in two thousand six, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess well, it was was it two thousand six? I, I guess so. I, <laughs> I, I don't really know. The only thing I knew is, is, is you asked us to do a, a live performance set on your arm and only. I guess it was 2006. And then, uh, well, it was an obvious choice to do that call-up that everybody says, yeah, we should do a call-up, right? And, and then it never happens, but we did. <laughs> I, rem- I remember that um, 
when we started collaborating on this uh, so- on on this world is watching me, I brought the song, and you didn't like the chorus. <laughs> remember? No, you didn't like the chorus. So we ended up we ended up using the verses, uh, or or what is it? The bridge maybe of the original song. This world is watching me because that we love that, but we weren't you weren't too sure because there's a chorus. I can't even remember how it goes anymore, but. That that was actually the difficult, most difficult track that Benno and I ever did together was the first one. This world is watching me. Yeah, but the, the thing is, when when you when you collaborate, you have to well get adjusted to each other to to read each other's mind. And uh, well, I must say that nowadays we 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 can surely uh, read each other's mind, and that's why this track was such a well almost a relief to do. It was easy well easy for us to let our feelings speak and to do maybe things that we haven't done before before for example the, the the second layer of the melody it it jumps to to the other section and it gets a, it gives a, the track a, a real good lift um and that's something well because if we worked so much together that it was easy to do and you you wouldn't do it well out of the blue with somebody else i guess true very true and yeah. the track title what's the story behind the greater light to rule the night that sounds like a play as well <laughs> um it, 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 it was something I found online, which mm-hmm. was which stated the greater light to rule the day. Okay, but I thought light night. It you know it makes more sense. <laughs> and it, I just feel you know it reminded me a little bit of Benno's track or Rank One's track. Uh, Let there be light, mm-hmm. LED. Uh, so I thought the greater light to rule the night. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's it. Yeah. So uh, thanks a lot, uh, Benno. Um, it's cool to hear a little bit of the story behind uh, behind our collaboration. Well, thanks uh, for having uh, me, guys. And I see you tomorrow in the studio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see you later. Thanks, Benno. Bye, bye. Cheers. Track number five on the State of Trance Forever album is my collaboration with Avira. And it's actually a rework of the uh, Alan Parsons project. I don't know if you ever heard his uh, brilliant album, um, which includes Eye in the Sky. Uh, So the opening is actually a track called Sirius, which is not actually a full song. It's just the intro. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Alan Parsons is, of course, the producer behind many, many big acts, including Pink Floyd. He was uh, the engineer on that one, and I'm a big fan of him. He's, um, you know, he worked in Abbey Road. Uh, he has a massive uh, thing behind him. Uh, is really a well-known, uh, established name, and um, we got permission. Uh, the idea came from Avira. Uh, he was he sent me a demo uh, that he reworked uh, serious, but he used the original recording. Okay. And I told him, no, 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 bro, you can't, you can't do, do that. that. <laughs> you can't sample Alan Parsons' project and get away with it. So what we've done, we've actually recreated the original uh, serious track. My brother is on the guitar mm-hmm. and he's credited for it as well. And we cleared the publishing with uh, asking uh, kind permission uh, to Alan Parsons' team to to uh, release this track. So he heard it and he actually liked it because otherwise we wouldn't get, permi- get permission. Um, so uh, and actually this track this intro track uh, right before Eye in the Sky on this beautiful Alan Parsons project album 
um, is the unofficial anthem for Chicago Bulls. That's when something I thought the basketball this collaboration yeah. came about because of the, the documentary that was just released about Michael Jordan. That's why I thought that you guys made this. But no, you no. didn't even notice. I, I, my father used to listen to this album, yeah. which include Old and Wise and includes Eye in the Sky. And, and so I always heard this. And I, I such an iconic riff. And yeah. Benno, yeah, Benno recreated the original arpeggio sound, which I think must have come from a, you know, old synthesizer. Such mm-hmm. a great riff. And uh, yeah, we created a whole new track around it. So Avira, it was fun to work with him. Uh, you know, obviously I... Uh, worked together with Avira. We did the Hollow Mask Illusion EP mm-hmm. uh, last year, uh, which was incredible uh, fun. And uh, we're good friends, so it was it was fun. But we went back and forth a lot mm-hmm. because uh, Avira is very critical about certain sounds, and uh, I love that about him. He has great ideas, and um, yeah, it was such an honor to work with him again. So it's one of my favorite tracks on the album. But I didn't write the melody, obviously, because that is an original from Alan Parsons' mm-hmm. project. All right, track number six. Sonata is my team up with no other than Mr. Paul Oakenfold. I always consider Paul Oakenfold to be the first superstar DJ. He's the legend. The godfather. The godfather. <laughs> uh, one of the very first DJ Mac number one. And he's he's actually considered uh, to sort of be groundbreaking with his performances. Um, he was really a legend, especially around uh, the time, 98, 99, when he had his Liverpool residency at Cream. But also way before that, you know, he was there, I think, at the Summer of Love in, in Ibiza, and, uh, you know, he, for many people, he was considered to be the first superstar DJ. You know, he was massive. And I remember going to see gigs with Paul Oakenfold and you couldn't even stand anywhere because people were so excited. Okay, okay, that was the thing. <laughs> and he laid the groundworks for everything that we do now, that we yeah. know that is now the EDM world or whatever you want to call it with big festivals. But he was one of the first people to actually um, make music for movies, to have a residency in Las Vegas, and he's been a big supporter. Um, you know, he supported all my tracks. He's always been a really good friend. Uh, I actually booked him on my night in Ibiza a couple of times. And uh, yeah, it's always nice. And always said to, to him, uh, well, would you be up for collaborating? And we did. Uh, he lives, uh, I think, most of the time in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, or he travels between LA and the UK. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was great to, uh, to finally work with him on uh, Sonata. Was this uh, one of the collaborations that came about for the younger Armin inside of you? Like, yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, I always, wanted to, thing. I always wanted to honor Paul Oakenfold uh, by doing a collaboration with him. It's just, you know, for personal reasons. Because um, I, I remember his essential mixes and, uh, you know, the Goa sound. And he was really ahead. But, you know, he saw this coming, this whole thing. I mean, way before there was anything like trance music being popular or whatever, there was, there was a few people that actually already heard this music and, and made it big. And if you look on his Wikipedia page, it just goes on and on about facts that mm. stuff that he did and that it was important. And it still is. He's still important to this day. So uh, yeah, it's great to be, uh, to be working with him. So I ch- such an album to celebrate 1000 episodes. I wanted also to honor Paul Oakenfold. Mm-hmm. All right, track number seven. I will remember. 
My collaboration with Ali and Fila for all time, together with the vocalist Cassie J's track number seven on the State of Trance uh, Forever album. I'm really happy with this one. Finally, I made a track with Fadi and with Ali and Fila. I met both of them. Actually, I went to Egypt and also met uh, his friend, uh, Ali. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, you know, we've been friends for such a long time. Uh, I'm super happy that they're doing so well with their radio show, Future Sound of Egypt. And uh, yeah, this is also one of those collaborations that we also always said like, okay, we have to do a track together, but it actually I wonder how many times you you met each other that you were like, yeah, we have to go into the studio together. I think we even bounced back and forth ideas or Fadi sent me some MIDI clips or something, but I was so busy. I apologize to that, Fadi. But uh, (laughs) And then uh, one of the A&Rs here at Amada uh, came up with this Vogel idea. Oh, the vocal that came from Kazi J. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's an English writer. Uh, his name sort of slipped me now. I'm, I'm embarrassed to say, but uh, amazing guy. And he uh, worked with us on this. And uh, yeah, it was so easy to uh, to write the riff uh, and uh, to send it to Fadi to see what he came up with. He was very busy, even though it was COVID, but he, had, he was traveling and he has a family as well in Egypt and everything. Uh, but it all came together. I, this is one of the tracks I'm most proud of from the album, for sure. It's, uh, it's a heartbreaking love song. And uh, such an uh, amazing vibe. Yeah. The lyrics are written by Nicholas Gunn. Nicholas Gunn. That's, that's him. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nicholas, thank you, you so a, much. We played a few tunes of him on the show in the last couple of months as well. Yes. Love, love Nicholas. So, yeah, I really hope to play that track live again uh, soon. And of course, Ali and Fila, uh, they're, they're super famous in the State of Trance radio show. That's why I also wanted to have a track with them on the album because they had many tunes of the years. Every year at the end of uh, the year, we have a voting. Uh, people can vote for their f- 50 most favorite tracks of the of that year. And Ali and Fila ended up on top a few times. Yeah, three times. Three times. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, enough reasons to do a track with them. Track number eight. It takes courage Collaboration with uh, Tom Starr and Joshua Daniel uh, called Let Go. Uh, this track is very different sounding than the, the previous seven on the on the album. has a slower BPM, but it also represents the sound uh, that I love. You know, I always said the State of Trance is the latest in trance and progressive. Uh, so I also wanted to do some collaborations in the lower BPM range. And Tom Starr is, uh, you know, he's... Um, He's a good friend, uh, lives in Ibiza, uh, does a lot of production work for a lot of other people as well, and is a, is a very well-established producer for himself. And um, he came up with uh, this Joshua Daniel, and I, 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 I thought I knew that name, but I didn't know it. Mm-hmm. But I love the vocal. I thought this must be some cool British guy. So Tom and I have been working a lot on finishing this, uh, this track, Let Go, uh, sending back and forth the song all the time. And I was really happy with this. I thought it was, you know, very tough, very now sounding. And uh, uh, it came after the collaboration I did with Tom uh, before. Uh, still better off. Still better off, mm-hmm. which I also loved very much. Um, so it was easy to do this. And I was actually stunned. And then right before Let Go was released, I got a phone call from my uh, the girl that does my makeup and hair. Yeah. <laughs> Jacqueline. Jacqueline. Jacqueline, yeah. And her assistant... Uh, is in love with this guy, Joshua Daniel. What? And apparently lives 
just 15 minutes off. No way. Yeah, he just lives in <laughs> a city really near uh, near Leiden, where I live. Just, you know, so close by. And uh, he's Dutch. <laughs> I didn't know that. because you So don't... you're thinking it was someone like a really cool singer from the UK. Yeah, no, it sounds said... amazing. And uh, I called him up. I said, yo, man, I love this vocal. So great to work with you. And I absolutely love it. And... Yeah, so it's a Dutch guy, awesome. and he's he's. I don't know if he still is together with um, with her, but uh, you know, I knew I had to know him, so that's how I got his phone number because I simply asked Jacqueline, "Hey, can you <laughs> can you give me his phone number? I just want to thank him." Yeah, it was actually really cool, and and a, a super cool track. So uh, this track number eight on the uh, on the album. What a legend! In the Dark You Shine is uh, track number nine on the State of Trance Forever album. And I have him on the phone right now. You know him from tracks as Universal Nation, Strange World, but also Silver Bath and Twitch under his name, Plastic Boy, and many, many, many more. What's up, Mike Push? Hey, Armin, how are you doing, man? I'm good. I'm so happy to have you on the phone. Uh, such a great pleasure yeah. to work with you on this, uh, on this new track, In the Dark You Shine. Oh man, collaborations are always so much fun. And yeah, I mean, this one brought me back to the early days when we actually did the first one, Intruder Pound, which is like nearly 15, 60 years ago. (laughs) So uh, yeah, being too long. So doing this collab was so much fun and brought so much good memories. But uh, tell me about yourself. You you lived in Belgium for a really long time, uh, but you now live in New York, right? Yes, 11 years ago, I moved to New York, you know, living my whole life in Belgium, and uh, I just uh, needed maybe just a different place. And also, my family brought me to New York, uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm always up for challenges, and the best city to do this, I thought for myself, was coming down to New York and bringing over my whole studio from Belgium and keep doing what I love the most my passion is making music and uh so new york is actually a very creative city and it keeps me going it's pushing me literally awesome i'm so happy you're doing well mike um let me um ask you a little bit about your classics universal nation and strange world you know those classics keep coming back they're being re-released and rebooted and they're so timeless do you remember making them Where, where were you when you made those tracks and what did you use well, it's so crazy that the music is being rediscovered by the newer generation, like you said, and that's an amazing thing. And it also means that trance is literally timeless. So back in the days, and you know it, Armin, when we made music, it, it still comes from the heart. But back in the days, we just made music to go out there and do our stuff, our gigs and shows. And, and music was a tool to actually just promote who we were. Mm-hmm. And I had so much aliases going on, Push, Plastic Boy, Mike, uh, Solar Factor. And uh, it was almost like it was a factory at the time. But the reason was I just loved making music. And, of course, you cannot release every week uh, a track under the same 
alias like push or whatever. So I came up with all those different aliases and tried to give them also an identity and a sound. And that kept growing. And yeah, it gained so much interest from people. And then, because initially I thought I was just going to make music and I would not go out and DJ and perform. But then the demand was there and I was like, hey, this is so much fun. And I mean, I can't without it anymore. It's just so part of my life now. Well, I'm so glad you're, st you're still performing. Uh, but can you remember when you made uh, Universal uh, Nation? Did, did you expect it to be such a classic? Oh, to be honest, no. I mean, back in the days when we made music, we never had an intention like, hey, let's create a hit. It, we went in the studio and tried to make something that would be so energetic for the dance floor without thinking like, hey, are they going to play this again in 20 years? So <laughs> it, we literally would be sitting in the studio, make a tune that makes us feel good. And mm -hmm. at the end, hoping that all the rest would follow. Yeah. And I remember I did, universal nation like in less than four hours so there was no formula we just made music we felt good and we were like hey mr record label this is the track you like it or not and <laughs> and it was so fun times now it's a little bit more stressful now but back in the days i mean when we made music it was pure freedom yeah it's true i remember and in 2004 we teamed up i came to belgium i remember uh, yeah. driving to Belgium and, and driving back and I bought your TV. Remember that? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike had a TV yeah, that I loved. It was one of the first flat screens and uh, he, he, he wanted to buy a new one. So I said, well, I'll buy your old one. So I drove back with a track, with a CDR, with a track yes. and with a TV. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Yeah, because we were both in the early stage of a career, I remember. Yeah. And, and we were already like so much in tech stuff when it comes to studio because I know you were a hardware geek, and so was I. And I remember, yes, you came to my apartment, we, we ate something, and I was like, oh, man, uh, I might look into a new TV. And I had a Dutch brand hanging in my living room with Philips, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And you were like, you know what, Mike, I take it of you. Oh, that was so much fun. If I tell the story, nowadays people will nope. never believe it. This I was, I was an intruder in your house. I took your TV. That was the, yeah. that was the story. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, about the track, In the Dark You Shine. I mean, it's obviously very much inspired about the early days that we started uh, as, as, as producers, as DJs. Uh, is is that is that sound something you're working on yourself right now? Still, is that still the sound you play a lot? Uh, I just try to mix up uh, my sounds. I you know I don't really put myself in a category of I'm a trans DJ or I'm techno DJ. I just love to play in the first place what I like to do, and also what I know the crowd would love to hear. So I think it's a balance. Um, and what I like to do in my sets is to do a lot of reworks from the early day tracks, um, because you can tell and see that the newer generation gets so much appreciation for what we actually started back in the days. Um, and many of them had that passed on from their parents, you know, who came out in the early days when we started playing. Um, I hear it often that people come out. And they're like, hey, I'm 18 years old, but I discovered Universal Nation because my dad played it. And, yeah, and yeah. then it makes me like, oh, wow. And he's like, yeah. And since then, I'm into trance. <laughs> and I go like, wow, isn't that amazing? <laughs> yeah, it is, man. So, it is. You're such yeah. a legend, man. Thank you so much for being uh, in the podcast. 
And it's an honor, man, to work together again on uh, In the Dark You Shine. And uh, yeah, really hope it maybe was, we do a third great. collaboration sometime. Let's not wait. Uh, let's say, not. What, what? Let's not wait another 20 years, okay? <laughs> <laughs> definitely not, Armin. Definitely okay. not. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Mike. All right, cool. Speak soon, guys. Take care. See you, bye. proud of this one track number 10 on the state of trance forever album is a collaboration with jorn van dynhoven called lost in space it's a track that we created remotely uh jorn was uh, of course in his house in germany uh he has a uh i think he has a a, a dutch dad or something or a dutch mom yeah he speaks, so, yeah. He speaks yeah. dutch but yeah he's he's very careful to do it <laughs> yeah um jorn has been a a big fan of the show he's been around for a long time we had him on, on many stages at the state of trance i events. think he almost played every single dutch version of a state of trance yep and he uh created the anthem uh new horizons i remember he was so thrilled that that happened he's such a good guy and uh he sent me uh the backing uh for lost in space it was a track that had no lead melody mm-hmm. so this one was very easy to do because uh we just inserted the melody the dun, 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 dun. and i sent that he of course he had some comments and we went back and forth and little production things uh but that's it and it was so easily done i think my favorite collaborations are always the ones that go so easy sometimes i don't mind working a little bit extra but this one has a magic about it i remember finishing it and it's always a sign when I go to the bathroom in the morning and I the first thing I do, the, the melody comes <laughs> comes in my head. Uh, yeah, I'm really, really proud of and this. And the, so, the vocal sound from Lost in Space, which, what can you tell about that? That's me. <laughs> what? <laughs> really? Yeah, that's my, that's my voice pitched up. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. Oh, no, okay, right. too late. Too late. No, I, I, I said it. It's, it's done. No, that's, that's my voice actually. It's uh you know this this plugins that you can manipulate your voice with, and I just I felt like the track needed something like that. You know, this track really reminds me of um, the time of uh, BBE Seven Days in One mm-hmm. Week, Emmanuel Top. You know, the Italian German uh, kind of sound, uh, which I miss so much. That's why you have that little Italo part in the in the yeah. break as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, love that part. Yeah, amazing. Track number eleven. You're listening to a special podcast of A State of Trance. I'm Armin van Buren playing you tracks from my new album, A State of Trance Forever, an album I created as a thank you to all my fans uh, to celebrate 1,000 episodes of this radio show. And I'm using this podcast to tell you a little bit of the stories behind all the tracks that I made. Uh, And in this case, uh, the most successful track on the entire album, Magico, was already the the first track that was actually released as a single. Mm -hmm. And this is what Giuseppe has to say about it. 
Hey guys, hope you're well. I'm really happy to see the Estate of Trance Forever album doing so well and I'm honestly super proud to be part of it. Um, you know, one thing that I've got, uh, a positive thing that I've got from the pandemic is that it gave me a lot of time with my family and a lot of time in the studio and with you know time in the studio it comes off lots of new music and so i had the chance to collaborate with armin on our track magico and that's a big goal for me and to see this track included in the album is kind of a mission accomplished really really happy about this so now everybody let's go back to the dance floor and let's make magico our weekend soundtrack <laughs> Thank you so much, uh, Giuseppe. He sent us this little clip. Uh, it was very special to work with Giuseppe. He already approached me for his previous album when I was too busy. I couldn't actually work with him on that. Uh, so this is sort of a giving back to Giuseppe. Finally, we did a track together. Uh, such an amazing producer. Well, a good friend of the show. He's done many uh, live sets here. And yeah, he's and also... Takeover, of course, this Takeover. Summer. And uh, he also does amazing sets yeah. during State of Trance. And he's a very independent uh, producer. Um just great to work with him. And uh, I remember him, he sent the initial idea for what later became Magico or Magico or whatever you want to call it. And um, so it was the first part of the riff and uh, we just finished it because it felt like we were halfway and then you went up. Yeah, no, that's what he did, but we made a second, you know, sort of an alternative to it. And I put some Armin things in there with the piano, you know, which is very classic Armin sounding, which is what I love. So, very energetic track and uh, yeah, so far the most successful on the on, on online uh, uh, portals. It's doing still uh, well, extremely well. It's, it's one of those well. tunes that I thought this could be an anthem for one of the celebrations. I am home with you. I am home with you. No matter where we are. I know you're never far. I am home with you. Home With You is the last track on uh, uh, the State of Trance Forever, but definitely not least. Uh, many people ask me, what is my biggest success uh, in my career? And I would always mention uh, Shivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shivers is a very important track of mine uh, that was on the uh, album, my second artist album, the title track actually. Became a, a big hit uh, and it's still, you know, one of my classics, that, one of the tracks that people ask. And it was voted earlier this year as number one trance tune of this radio show in 20 years. So yes, the best exactly. tune out of 20 yeah. years of this radio show. So enough reason to put another collaboration uh, on the shelves. Uh, and she's on the phone right now. What's up, Susanna? Hello, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm so happy we did another track. We are follow-up yes, to... Well, we did, we did another one, If You Should Go, but I don't know if many people remember that. But this is actually uh, the third track we've done together, Home With You. Yeah, I think Shivers is the one everyone remembers. Exactly. (laughs) And that was like, I think, 16 years ago now. And I think all those 16 years, people have been asking us for (laughs) more music. And now it's finally here. So that's really exciting. Yeah, I'm so happy that we came together. Well, first, tell your side of the story. I remember sometime last year, (laughs) he sent me a message. to start working on some ideas and um, I actually I don't know if many people know this but we actually live quite close to each other 
So I jumped on my bicycle and uh, cycled to the studio, and that's where we discussed the first ideas. And, um, yeah, we just decided to go for something completely different. (laughs) And, of course, in celebration also of um, 1,000 episodes of A State of Trance, and we discussed the theme, and we thought it would be nice to kind of dedicate it to trans music and the trans community, um, where we both feel very much at home. I think uh, it's safe to say. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so that was the inspiration behind the, the the track. And I think initially we planned on turning it into like a proper trans track, but the music led us somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, the first, like the album version is this beautiful, almost cinematic um, sounding song, I would say. So I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with how it turned out and also with the response so far. Shall, shall, I, shall we tease a little bit of the, of, the, of the uplifting mix that we also have? I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm probably not it. supposed to do this. I'm going to get shit from the <laughs> A now. Probably, probably yeah. Uh, so, Don't yeah. get into any trouble. <laughs> no, I, I won't. I won't. But I'll, I'll play a very, very short version of a little bit of, uh, of the uplifting. Because there is an uplifting mix, but that, that's coming later. So check this out, guys. So there is an uplifting mix coming, but uh, I always knew that that this was the easy route because we've done this before and you and I come from trance, so we wanted to do this. But uh, when you... So here's the story. You came to my studio. I told you a million ideas. I told you I wanted to create a track as a thank you to the fans that that you could approach from two sides. So you could see this as a a love song. You know, I'm home with you. And you're the one I love and, and that. But you could also interpret it as a thank you to... All the fans, that was the initial idea. But I remember we got stuck uh, writing the lyrics. I mean, the lyrics were, were there, the melody was there, but we were just... So you went away with, <laughs> I think, bombarded with ideas because I'm usually, you know, <laughs> when I have ideas, I would just go blah, 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 blah. And she was like, okay. Uh, so you went home. It's great to have a lot of input. <laughs> you went home, <laughs> I remember. Yeah. And it took a few months and you sat down with Mark Otte, who's actually, uh, uh, he's, a, he's a producer. Uh, it was actually one of the guys that I uh, started Armada with because mm-hmm. uh, his track, Mushroom Therapy, was one of the tracks that I signed and I wanted to release yeah. on my own label. And, um, and Mark actually worked at Armada a little bit and I think he now is a teacher and he, he teaches and he's still producing a lot and he helps other uh, DJs and acts. Uh, so Mark uh, finished the writing together with Susanna, right? Yeah, yeah. At one point, I thought, you know, this is going to be a big thing, a big track. So, and I, I, if I'm really honest, I was feeling the pressure a little bit with like <laughs> shivers, <laughs> breathing in my neck or something. So I was like, you know, you know, I'm just going to ask Mark for help um, and to write it with me. And not just that, you know, also working with other people sometimes can get you out of your own mold basically yep. and and maybe take you somewhere that you would not really go by yourself and that's actually exactly what happened because i don't know if a lot of uh, people know the f- that your voice have has different 
sounds basically and the falsetto part is kind of like that higher thinner sound mm-hmm. um uh, and i don't really u- usually use that in my songs i'm more comfortable with like the powerful part of my voice but he actually challenged me to go there and um I wasn't sure about it, to be honest, but it ended up being my favorite part of the song. So that also goes to show you that sometimes it's good to to kind of um, get out of your own process and work with other people and and just see what happens. Yeah, so I guess it was good that it was a little bit of time between our first meetup, talking about this track, and then hearing the final version of the vocal that you finished with Mark. And then Benno and I were in the studio, just like, this is so beautiful. We don't want to almost ruin it with beats, you know. We're just going to release some sort of a down-tempo version. I also thought it was very fitting uh, as the last track on the album, sort of an icing on the cake. And the last word, obviously, being the title of the album, which I thought was very strong, making the whole thing round. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I'm super proud of this, uh, Susanna. I think we should be doing this track live again, don't you think? Yes. I can't wait. <laughs> for Yeah, that will be amazing. And I was also really pleasantly surprised. Like, I know it's a beautiful song, but I was like, people are maybe going to expect a more transit uh, track from us, like initially. But all the comments I got were amazing and everybody seemed to love it. Um, and maybe some people who didn't tell me that they didn't, but <laughs> I feel that people really get it they get this song and they get the meaning behind it and um i think the uh, uplifting version will be just like another treat you know the icing on the cake yeah that's coming really soon 1000 memories 1000 melodies thank you so much uh susanna uh, it was a great honor to work with My you pleasure. again thank you yes same here <laughs> And that Thanks. ends this uh, podcast about uh, my new album, Sedotrons Forever. And as I mentioned in the start of this podcast, there's more coming because I've got more collaborations in the works. So this album is not finished yet. There will be more. More info about that. Keep checking the website, sedotrons.com. And I'll see you guys very soon.